0: Will accomplish this. The reading this morning can be found on page 1062 on the Bibles in front of you. And we're reading from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning.
1: Great to have you here. If you are a visitor here, my name is Bruce Clark, I'm the Senior Minister and it's a delight to be here in church with you today. We've just got a few more kids packs going out. If you haven't got a kids pack and you'd like one, uh, apart from Jed Buckley, um, Jed, I'll give you one afterwards, don't worry. Uh, just put your hand up. Bruce, if they also got one that didn't have a lollipop they have of They didn't get, they got one with a other Too worried. Anyway, it's a great problem having so many kids in church. Did you get one, Jed? I'll give you one afterwards, okay? Oh, there it is. (laughs) Happy Christmas, Jed. Let me pray. Father, we thank you we can be here today. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you that Jesus is the light of the world. And may you shine the light of your word into our hearts right now, we pray. Amen. Now I must confess I really love Christmas, Uh, it's particularly a significant Christmas for you today, I've got all my family with me and that's a great joy Uh, but you think about the various activities of Christmas, you've got the beautiful food that happens and if you've come from the Northern Hemisphere, welcome to Prawns at Christmas, it is a great thing. Uh, We haven't got snow but we've got great seafood, Uh, there's the great family gatherings, I know sometimes they can be awkward occasions, Uh, everyone tends to have some relative who's just that little bit more awkward than others Um, and of course one thing I love about Christmas is riding camels and I got this great shot, Uh, there's Nathan our youth minister and I love the camel, I think he was saying praise the Lord Jesus has been born, don't you think? I was on the camel next to him and he just looked at me and gave me this big smile. I thought, I've got to take a photo and put that up this morning. And you know, I love bonbons and we had breakfast this morning and we put our hats on and you love the cheesy jokes. So this was my joke this morning. What did Cinderella say when her photos didn't arrive on time? One day my prince will come. (laughs) I mean, it's all part of Christmas. Corny jokes. Come on, we love it. I want to speak this morning on the theme that you might have seen in the advertising, Jesus is the light of the world. I don't want to speak so much about the historical realities of Christmas, as significant as they are. And it's an incredible story rooted deeply in history of a young 15-year-old virgin girl called Mary. She's promised to be married to Joseph, but she falls pregnant by an act of God joseph an honorable man wants to quietly divorce her because of the shame and the embarrassment that his bride-to-be is somehow pregnant not by him an angel comes and speaks comes and speaks to joseph and said no this is of god you must get married to mary a census is called historically they go to bethlehem and we witness one of the most significant events in all of history the birth of the living God, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the most incredible way, you see the humility of this moment in history because the ones who witness it are not the rich, the famous, but it's common shepherds. And that story has resonated throughout all history. And because of that day, The church has proclaimed that the birth of this child is the entrance of light into the world. And that's my message today, is that Jesus is the light of the world. And I want to stop and reflect on that reality. And I say reality because it's something that is incredibly powerful. Last Thursday night, I went to the mall. I wasn't shopping, I went to actually see the Star Wars movie with some of the guys and my son. And we had dinner and I was up on the top of the food court looking down and there was this incredible stage show happening, thousands of people in the mall, lots of young kids having a great time, music, dancing, people dressed up on stage, all kinds of characters, nothing that I could see resembled shepherds or angels or Mary or Joseph. Uh, There was a dancing tree, I did feel sorry for the dancing tree, imagine being cast as the dancing tree. (laughs) Thought, yes, you have to just suck it up and go, okay, I'll be the dancing tree and I'll wiggle my branches. (laughs) And they did a very good job wiggling their branches. But not a whisper of Jesus. And look, at one level, I'm not surprised. Um, It reflects where our culture has come to. It is a significant historical shift. And it's interesting, you see in some other parts of the world, they'll talk about this season not as Christmas, but as. Happy holiday season. And what it's been reduced to is a season of holidays, social gatherings and gift giving. Now, all of those things are wonderful. I don't hear anyone in Australia, Christian or not, who says let's not have some holidays at this time of year. Uh, Let's get that one straight. We all love it, don't we? We get to the end of the year, we want to stop. It's great. And we love typically getting together and enjoying the feasts and the family. But the question I have is... What power is there in that? Does it actually have the power to transform a person's life? Because what historically has been celebrated at Christmas, the entrance of God himself in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world is the entrance of light that brings life to all people. Today's readings, Old and New Testament, pick up on the theme of light. In Isaiah 9, the prophet predicted at a period of darkness that there would be someone who would come and bring light to the nation... Isaiah chapter 9 begins this way, it's a very famous prophecy, we normally just read verse 6 and 7. Verse 1 starts though, nevertheless there'll be no more gloom and you could see that speaking not just, I can say, the mood of the nation but there's a sense of darkness that pervades the nation. Verse 2, the people are walking in darkness and Isaiah says they will see a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. Why? Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those famous names that we remember the Lord Jesus is known by. And Isaiah was saying at this time of darkness, light will come through a son who will be born. And he'll be the most wonderful child, he'll be a royal child, a divine child, and he will bring peace. Let me stop and ask the question, what is light as we think about Jesus being the light of the world? Um, When you go to the very first part of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, it starts this way, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said what? Let there be light. And I think it's significant that the very first thing that is ever created is light. Now if we've got physicists here today and I rang up a friend of mine, Professor uh, Roger Lewis who is the former professor of physics at Wollongong University and he gave me a little education in light, it is a primary, if I can say, element of the universe, And it's profound in terms of its impact and significance for us and for the creation. And what we see is light physically comes from God in all its forms, visible, invisible, it saturates the universe. Yet significantly, apart from special occasions, we hardly are ever aware of light. We actually can't see a whole range of light, we see what we can see, but light is almost like air, it's a given A person would no longer linger over the concept of light than a fish over the notion of water. We just live in it. But the thing is, you actually can't live without light. I don't know if you ever realised this, light is fundamental to existence. Uh, When you think about light, firstly, it actually creates the food that we eat. Without light, there would be no food. With photosynthesis, plants grow and produce, which starts the food chain. Secondly, light enables us to see, so it gives us food, it gives us sight. All people, animals, birds, objects can be seen due to us having eyes, but without light the eye would not function. Thirdly, light maintains temperature. Uh, and we can only exist here on this planet because we're finally balanced in terms of the temperatures that exist on planet Earth. It comes, our temperature, from light. Light's a form of energy, and sunlight... The light that comes from the sun gives earth a huge amount of energy. Fourthly, light creates the water cycle. Now, more important than food is actually water. And you don't have water unless you have light. It creates the water cycle. Uh, Fifthly, light lastly produces vitamin D. There's a thing known as SADS, Seasonal Affected Disorder Syndrome. Uh, If you don't get enough sunlight, you will be sad. And you'll also get sick. Uh, It's why people who are in the extreme parts of northern southern hemisphere can struggle it actually is absorbed into our skin and makes us well it's why the people in the pacific islands are so happy they just got lots of it and i say this because you see you need light to live we cannot exist without it and it's profound that when you think about that and the way the world's made that Jesus is described and his entrance as bringing light To this dark world. Listen to the second reading we just had, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. And you hear the resonance of Genesis 1 being picked up. In the beginning was the Word, He was there when the very creation was made. The Word with God was God. And verse 4 says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In other words, just as light produces life for all of us, and we can't exist without it, Jesus is the life that brings light, and we cannot exist without Him. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And we know he's talking about Jesus because it says in verse fourteen, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who comes from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me just stop and ask a question: What does it mean that Jesus brings life? In him was light, and that light was the life of all mankind. I was thinking about people who we sometimes describe as the life of the party. Now, if you've been, you everyone's been to a party, and you'll know there are certain characters that turn up. And when they enter the room, there's a sense of which, I wouldn't say there's electricity, but there's life that comes to the room because they bring an energy, they bring a joy, uh, they bring a life to the company that is being kept, the occasion that is being celebrated. Is that what we're talking about with Jesus? He is the one that brings life to the party. Now, he was a great party goer and he loved hanging out with people. The fascinating thing, though, is he was a controversial figure whenever he came to parties. Some people loved him, others wanted to kill him. You think of a very well-celebrated party in Luke, where he comes and it ends with him forgiving this sinful woman, probably a prostitute, and the woman's life is totally transformed as she finds acceptance for the first time, and the Pharisees are outraged. Now, I think there's something more profound about the life that Jesus brings and the reading we've got that proclaims him as light and life comes from John's Gospel. John's Gospel. And I was just thinking about John because, you see, what he does is, in this beginning, is he, he tells you something that he's going to then fill out in this wonderful narrative. And as you read through John, you start to understand the life that he brings and why he is the light of the world. In John chapter 3 you meet a religious man who is seeking God and he's there wanting to know the truth about God and Jesus comes and confronts him and says, look, you've got it all wrong, what you need to do is be born again. And he speaks to him about the fact that there is the Spirit of God who will come and transform you. He brings life by his Holy Spirit. Chapter 4, you meet a woman who is deeply searching for meaning in life. And is empty and he meets her by the well, she's a woman who's been shunned by her society, she's had numerous broken relationships and marriages and she wants intimacy and meaning and Jesus calls her to himself and offers her life, a life of meaning and purpose in knowing him and serving him. You read on and you meet an invalid who's been crippled for 38 years, and he heals him. Chapter 6, he talks to the crowds and at the end of the discussion some walk away but the Apostle Peter says actually, I don't understand everything but you're the one who's actually got the words of eternal life. Chapter 8, he promises all those who will follow him that if you follow his teaching you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And one of the great things we look for in life is freedom and Jesus says it's actually found in following me and my words in chapter 9 you meet a man born blind and he's given sight in chapter 10 you find out he's the good shepherd who will lay down his life for you and will protect you and in chapter 11 you see him at the graveside of his dear friend Lazarus confronted with the ultimate challenge death itself and when asked what are you doing? He quotes one of the famous verses that are said throughout history at funerals, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Will always live, even though you may die. And you see, this is the reality of the life that Jesus brings. It's a life that brings you into a relationship with God that offers meaning and purpose, that is begun by the Spirit of God working in us, as we hear his word it brings us freedom and ultimately it will go on into eternity where we will experience the freedom and the liberation of our bodies in the new creation healed of all our ailments the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us we've seen his glory says john the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth and friends that's why we're here this christmas We're here to worship the one who has come, and who makes sense of our lives, and who offers life, and who restores us in fellowship with God. Verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And so in him was light, and that light was the life of all mankind. But that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It's an interesting way of reflecting on Jesus' ministry. He comes as light into darkness. And what he's speaking of, and the darkness that is being metaphorically described here, is the darkness of people who want to turn their back on God. And he did not come to condemn the world, he came to save the world. And he shines the light of his love and his truth and his grace into the world and into our lives through his word. And the profound power of the Christian message is this, it's seen in how people and movements through all history have sought to undermine, erode, destroy, the message of light and life that is in the Lord Jesus, yet no one has been able to stop it. No one has been able to turn the light out. You see, the light of Jesus is not like a candle that just flickers and is blown out. It's like this laser beam that is shone into people's lives as His truth comes alive in us by His Spirit. And as we have the darkness in our life exposed and we walk into the light of His truth and start to live with Him and walk in the light. When people encounter that light and truth and love in their life they're transformed and that power has never been extinguished it's never been turned out though through all history darkness has sought to do that within the first couple of years they tried to extinguish the message about the risen Lord Jesus the great architect of it was a Pharisee named Saul And strikingly, what happened to him? He got blinded literally by the light on the road to Damascus and became the greatest advocate for the Christian faith in all history. The Roman Empire sought to destroy the church as it continued to grow and multiply, but within three centuries it was the dominant belief and light was shining within the Roman Empire of the message of love and truth and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. As people continually had their lives transformed, and that message has gone on through the centuries. You come to more modern times and you see 19th century philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche proclaiming in his writings that God is dead. Well, God is not dead. The gospel continues to go out. Russian communism sought to destroy the church. Chinese communism sought to destroy the church. The great irony with the Chinese efforts to try and destroy the church when they kind of threw all the Christians out in terms of the missionaries... The church has continued to multiply and grow through that communist era such that today the largest Christian nation in the world is China. It's stunning, it's grown underground because you see the light and the truth of the gospel cannot be extinguished and that's what John is saying. Jesus is the light of the world who brings life to all people who will come to him and the darkness will not overcome it. Let me ask a simple question as I finish this Christmas. Do you want life this Christmas that goes beyond a beautiful prawn salad or lobster or a turkey and tomorrow is just an extra pound on the scales? Do you want life that goes beyond just the wonderful social gatherings that you'll be on a life that actually provides certainty of relationship with God a love from God an assurance about eternal life with God it comes by allowing the light on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine in our darkness and expose our sin it's interesting you know there's certain moments where we become very vividly aware of light. For much of our existence every day, we just kind of get on with daily life, not really thinking about light, but there's certain moments where it strikes us, isn't it? Uh, You think of a rainbow at the end of a storm, the beauty of it, I can't explain the physics of it, but I can appreciate the wonder and the beauty contained within it. It's amazing. You think of a brilliant sunset and all the light colours and the hues that come as the sun sets and it's just there for a moment and typically we all stop don't we and we go wow, as you're amazed at the light as it does its thing. You think of the pulse and the power of light with a lightning strike. I was on the camel yesterday and I saw lightning and I was a bit afraid to be honest, (laughs) It you get me praying, please Lord protect us here and the storm stayed away. You think of stained glass windows, Saint-Chapelle in Paris, beautiful stained glass windows, you look out the back there, that's the return of the Lord Jesus and the light filters through the stained glass window, accenting and highlighting the beautiful wonder of the handiwork of the artist and you think of romance, the flicker of a candle flooding a room with warmth and love. And you see, there's moments where light becomes very vivid for us. And I think it's like that with God. Just like we depend on light for everything we have, and yet are so unaware of it, everything we have comes from God. He sustains us, He's created us, every blessing flows from His hand. Whether we acknowledge Him or not, We are His handiwork. And we actually do owe our lives to Him. And it strikes me that it's only at certain moments do we become aware of this. And it may be at the sunrise, it may be at the sunset of our life. It may be when the storm strikes that we come all too aware of our need for God. And I wonder as you've come here today... Have you come seeking something greater and more significant than what is on offer in our culture today? And I want to say to us, there is. And it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ who we come to worship here at this service. And the wonderful news of Christmas is He is the light of the world who can bring life into our lives if we'll let the light shine into the darkness of our hearts. And reorder us and remake us and refill us with his love, forgiveness, and truth. And friends, my invitation to you is to come to Jesus and step into his light, the light of his word, and live under his lordship, walking in the light. Let us pray. I've got a prayer up here on the screen. And if you'd like to pray this along with me, I'd invite you to pray it aloud. It's a prayer I wrote reflecting on light and Christmas and our need for the Lord Jesus. Let us pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, this Christmas I come to you. You are the light of the world. Thank you for entering our world. Shine your light and life into my heart. May your word be my guide. May you be my Lord. Please forgive my sins and transform my life. Amen. We're going to stop there.